hey, I had an opinion about politics and a whole lot of things going on in the world. I wanted a cool soundtrack, but I'm trying not to get sued. So this is Brian, Mike, and Shane, and this is our podcast. Good afternoon, good people. Thank you for listening to another episode of Trying Not to Get Sued. Today we want to talk about something that's very near and dear to all of us. And if you don't have a sense of humor, turn this shit off now. We want to talk about comedy. Not uh, not just comedy. The comedy that shaped you and grew you into who you are. Most people who have a sense of humor, their comedy was shaped at an early age by people like Richard Pryor, Sam Kennison, just all types of the, the classic stuff that we used to listen to. But it seems like nowadays when people are getting offended because you talked about my mama, you said something about black people, you said something about gay people, uh, we, we wear our feelings on our on our shirts too much. But we just want to talk about comedy, the stuff that we grew up laughing about. Uh, for instance, I remember, uh, I remember when uh, my parents went out of town and we snuck and watched Porky's. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and we just laughed our asses off. Half the movie, we didn't really know what we were even laughing at or looking at. All we knew was they were boobs, and it was funny. Uh, or when we, uh, when the only thing that we could get a hold of was my granddad's old Richard Pryor record, and we sat around listening to it on like two and just chuckling. <laughs> Red Fox. Yeah, as, as soon Fox. as he said shit or asshole, it was it, it just lost it. But, I mean, comedy has been an intricate part of my upbringing. I can't speak for, for the other guys, but, I mean, man, I can laugh at just about anything. And on on top of just a good sense of humor and being able to laugh at anything, if I don't think it's funny, I turn the damn station. When you talk about, like, uh, my pipe dream was always to be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, so I know what you're saying about, uh, and I would listen to them. Because I thought it was funny, and I was interested in like how they. I don't know if you ever been in a situation where you're trying to connect with a group of people. Yeah. Well, I know you have, where you you know you pastor and everything, but it, it is hard to make a joke go over yeah. with a group of people, and there's an art to it. Delivery, yeah. baby. Yeah, seriously, it is. And I've always wanted to go into stand up, but you'd have to take a big leap to go that route. Uh, you know what, and I, if I knew, uh, well, actually, I do know a stand-up comedian. I don't know if she'd want me to mention her name or not, but I'd always want to ask somebody if they think it's harder to do stand-up in front of people or like the old-school stand-up where you had somebody and you, you were making a recording or something, and even in that recording, it seemed like they were in the studio by themselves, but God, these people were hilarious. I would say that they they would have to have tried the jokes on somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. To see how they go over. Because I know a lot of times I think that I got something pretty funny. And I say it. And uh, I'm pretty much by myself. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'll say something. That's horribly offensive. That makes me laugh. And then they look at me like I'm the Antichrist. And I'm like, hmm, oh well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's another thing. People's sense of humor are, are just, just different. I mean, I, I work in, in a field where... I see some shit that might be pretty offensive to some people and just pretty bad. And me and my buddies will look at it like, shouldn't have been talking shit. Or, you know what? You, you don't want that. Well, don't don't come to prison if you don't want to get treated like that. But, I mean, if you don't like it, hey, I, I got one buddy. 
and it's not particularly my thing. Let me put a precursor out that I, I don't think it's particularly funny, but he is Jewish and he makes Holocaust jokes. Now, that's his thing. I'm not saying that I make Holocaust jokes. Don't start throwing rocks in my house. But uh, yeah, that's that's how he gets by, I guess. That's his coping mechanism. I don't know. Dude, I know a guy up in Pittsburgh. Like, his go-to jokes are dead baby jokes. Like, I don't have kids, so it don't matter. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so I, I know what you're saying. Like, that ain't my thing, but, you know, some of them are pretty funny. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'll just be... But that's one thing that, that's why we want to talk about comedy, too, was to talk about how people just cannot take a joke as a joke. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look at what's going on with Dave Chappelle right now. You got tons of people trying to tell him to pull, pull his new stand-up off of Netflix just because they get offended. Yeah, and then uh, R. Kelly goes to jail for child trafficking, and his album sales go up 500%. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but this dude can't tell a joke about somebody. You know? I'm sorry, but I remember a time back in the 2000s, early 2000s, when whether you were white, whether you were black, didn't matter your race color, everybody thought Chappelle was the shit. Period. Yeah. He was. He was, yes. you know. Oh, he's and, brilliant. And, but, brilliant now, but now, he's offensive, you know. No, I mean, I think that I think too that people are getting tired of, like you see it, like it, talking about LeBron James, Nicki Minaj, you know, they say what they actually feel about a situation. They're getting all this backlash, and I think that even the celebrities that are in the clique with the movements and everything are getting tired of being told, "Hey, you can't say this. Hey, yeah. you can't say," it. and everybody's getting tired of it. And uh, I mean, a joke's a joke, man. It's to make people laugh. I mean, that's the best film form of healing in any situation yes laughter yeah but it's like we were saying earlier there's a there's a time that uh you know things are funny and sometimes things aren't funny i i got some of my buddies that that is their coping mechanism that's how they get along they tell jokes i mean i had one of my buddies tell a joke at a funeral recently and it was a very sad funeral but goddamn that joke was funny as hell He, he leaned over next to me he said I wonder if old boy died because he didn't send that email to twelve people like I told him oh. to. <laughs> Goddamn! <laughs> it was hilarious. It was it was sad, but we're sitting there just trying to choke up like. <clears throat> so, you're. It's been about a couple years. One of my buddies died, and all of us friends were his pallbearers and stuff. And it's the most randomest funeral I've ever been to. I've never been to a funeral where we were upset because you know our buddy died. But we were cracking jokes so bad that like people were giving us stares. So <laughs> so we're we're on our way to go, you know, take him to his final resting place. We're walking through there and it's raining. My buddy looks at the Paul Bear or not the Paul Bear, but the um, funeral director and looks at him. He's like, "Man, he's like, how much fucking further is this?" He's like, "It's wet. We can we can bowl him, ball him in that goddamn hole." And this dude looks at us and we're laughing, trying not to drop the casket, right? And this dude's like laughing, uh, just staring at us, like he couldn't believe what we said. And you know, but you know, a lot of comedy helps people, just like that situation. One of our best friends died, but I would think that if he was watching down on us, he would be laughing his ass off too, because he was just like us, had the same sense of humor as us, and it's comedy. 
It's supposed to cheer you up. I just, you know, there might be something that might offend you here and there, but usually you just suck it up. But nobody wants to suck it up anymore. Hey, uh, I have a friend right now that has agreed a long time ago. I guess if I if I outlive them, it ain't gonna happen. But there, when I die, there's somebody coming to my funeral dressed as a Grand Reaper. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what kind of humor I got. Oh shit. But, I mean, when you realize that the best comedy comes out of a place of truth. And, and we keep talking about Dave Chappelle. And the name of the show is Trying Not to Get Sued. I hope this dude doesn't come back and sue us and shit. But, uh, because we love like, you, Dave. We yes, love you. We, we do. We, we, we love the shit you do. But it seems like every skit that he does somewhere in the future, it comes back. Remember when uh, Prince died? And and they kept showing the skit of him playing basketball. Uh, yes, yeah, shirts Murphy, versus blouses. The, the best. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When, when he said, oh, darkness. They should have never gave you niggas money. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. That, that, that's, that's just like classic to me. But still, uh, I think there's a place and a time, a time and a place for it. Especially when it's just general comedy. And it's not directed at you. Now, if someone's directed some offensive things at you and you get offended, that's one thing. That's personally offending you. Yeah. But if someone is telling a general joke or if they're at a show or if it's on TV, turn the station. Or just lighten the fuck up. Or just lighten up. Just (laughs) relax. Just just enjoy a joke for what it is. It means nothing except to make you laugh. Yes. Yes. And you know what? I honestly think you wouldn't get so offended if the shit wasn't true. But I'm going to get off of that. Yeah, too. it's hitting yeah. you. It's yeah, hitting it's you, hitting you somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm telling you right now, with the way things are going, where everybody's like, oh, you can't say this, you can't say that. South Park gets canceled. I'm burning down all of Beckley. I'm going to be so fucking pissed, I'm going to burn down all of fucking Beckley, man. I'll, I'll tell you what, man, if, if if South Park ever got canceled, it would be because they touched something big. Because them dudes, their bullshit meter is off the chart. Oh, yeah. Like, like sniffing out some bullshit and calling it yes. out, it is off the chart. Yes. Like, yes. And it's hilarious at the same time. I mean, if, if you're talking about South Park, we, we can go a little bit farther back down the road. I mean, I remember when people thought Archie Bunker was so offensive. All in the Family was so offensive. And I say that because my mom used to do the best rendition of those are the days. I mean, it was, <laughs> but then you have to fast forward up and see how many times George Jefferson called old boy honky. I mean, right. If one's offensive, then the other one's got to be offensive too. But we don't look at it that way. All we see is, is through our own clouded vision, our own clouded eyes. And I said in the beginning at, at the top of the show, comedy has shaped a generation. From, uh, again, Archie Bunker up to George Jefferson to Dave Chappelle to Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, the entire generation has been shaped off our funny bones. So why now, in this day and age, shit ain't funny no more? Yeah, you can't even, you can't, you're not even supposed to feel right about laughing about something that genuinely touches you that yeah. way. You know, you can't help it. You just think it's funny. I don't know. Uh, that's just why I'm against limiting anything as mm-hmm. far as speech goes. You know, yeah. like uh, don't limit anybody's artistic 
abilities. Don't don't limit what they're doing. Just let it be what it is. And then, you know, if you don't like their art, their comedy, whatever, don't buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't turn Dave Chappelle on Netflix if you're if you're that upset. Yeah. But I'm going to. Yeah. You know, because I see it. he's hilarious. Yeah, I want to see it. I remember when. But they. But I tell you what, though, the last Netflix uh, special he did kind of went against the right. The grain, little, yeah. You know, went mm-hmm. against the right. Mm-hmm. And everybody was good with that. Yeah. But now he comes this out with this one. other one yeah. going against the grain the other way. Now he don't deserve a show. Yeah. He don't deserve his. All right, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ter- totally go against what what people might think. I should probably know. Comedy, like I said, I, I I love comedy. I love anything that's funny. And if it's not funny to me, I change the station. Uh, I've been living in West Virginia all of my life. All of my life. I know people from every different walk and direction that you could possibly think of. I had some buddies. And we were out one night and we'll just say chilling. My buddy says, hey man, pop this in. Now there's four of us in the car. Me. Two white guys and my and an Asian guy who, you know, Asians, yeah. Was he popping in some rap? No, he no. popped he popped in his David Allen Co. CD. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Went 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 the, went the I different got you. direction. I'm with you now. So he he pops it in, and about ten minutes into it, I ain't laughing no more. <laughs> now keep in mind, it's in my car. I ain't laughing no more. Two guys were laughing, then suddenly the other guy says wait a minute in his mind i'm thinking he says the the entire tone has changed and my buddy says you know what dude why don't you take that out well the guy who gave it to me to put it in i guess he was kind of trying to feel out what everybody else in the car was gonna right how they're gonna react well we ended up taking it out and we didn't make a big scene of it we didn't make a big problem out of it i was like dude man i didn't think that was funny he was like, well, you know, it, it, it's something that that I thought, you know, maybe you guys would like. I said, why the fuck do you think I would? <laughs> why do you think I would enjoy that? But for those of you who, who don't know what David Allen Coe is, not all of his stuff is like that. Let, let me give that a precursor to. Not all of his stuff is that overly racist thing. Racist. 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 Like, it is what it is, man. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, at that particular moment, I was like, "Nah, dude, that ain't funny." I said, "Now, if you want to, you want to lighten the mood, just let's just go back to music or whatever." But I said that because not everything is for everybody. You know, I'm sure people have people in their life or groups in their life where certain things are funny, and around other guys, they may maybe they aren't. But does that mean they should be censored? No, no. I mean, from the most overly racist thing in the world. It ain't my bad. Am I going to censor you because of it and say, you can't say that? I don't think you should. Well, see, that's me. But I'm white. Wanna, yeah. I'm white. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I do not and will not listen to David Allen Coe. Will not because of that. You know? Uh, I won't listen to it because it's fucking trash. Yeah, it does. I don't think his music's good neither. But, I mean, I'm out whenever. But that's your choice. It's your choice. That's what you your should choice. Yeah. say. All right, man. This dude is. This dude's talking about some stuff I'm not into. I'm done. I'm out. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, that's the way I feel about Dave Allen Coe's mu- music. But I have friends that like it. You know. Yeah. But I, I just, I'm out whenever you're a blatant racist. Oh my god. 
God. Whenever, and it's not a joking type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you listen to the stuff, it's not, he's not playing. You know what I mean? This is not playing. That was, yeah. Yeah, he, he was right down the pipe with some of his shit. But, I mean, and, and like I said before, if you're going to go one direction, go the other direction. I mean, I, I know some music that's just overly killed the white man, and he's against everything, and he's the devil. Dude, come on, really? I promise you. I mean, I'm a small frame guy, but I've never had a white guy come take something out of my hand that I wanted to eat. No. <laughs> it's my motherfucker. Well, give it Nor up. Or me the other way. Yeah. You know, way. I've never I've never had a, a black dude come take anything out of my mouth or to prevent me from doing anything I needed to that do. That I my wanted life. to do. Mm-hmm. You know, never. It's uh, and I think that uh a lot of times if you're willing to put in effort you're gonna get positive results out of it. You know, and I think that's for just about anybody here. I ain't gonna say ain't nobody ever been held back or yeah. or held down because of somebody's in a higher position that doesn't like them or doesn't like something about them. But for the most part, what I've seen, even in coal mining, black or white man, if you do Mexican, work, if you do your job, you get the respect, and they'll promote you, and they'll do they'll do they'll do the right thing by you. But I mean, if you're not coming in on time and stuff like that, they they gonna get rid of you, and, and that doesn't have nothing to do with color neither. I've seen that, I've seen a lot of white guys get run off, man. <laughs> One of the best bosses I've ever had was a complete asshole, complete asshole. But the reason I call him one of the best bosses I've ever had because he would do any of the work. He wouldn't ask you to go anywhere. He wasn't willing to go with you. If you were late, he wasn't having that shit. You didn't pull your weight. He wasn't having that shit. And it didn't matter what color you were. If you weren't pulling it, he would flat tell you. He would call you an asshole and a bitch and talk about your mama one day. And the next day, he'd say, man, you did a great job. Come on, let me take you out and get a bite to eat. Lunch is on me. He was just that dude. But he was that dude consistently across the board. And I feel like we're getting a little far off topic. Yeah, off the comedy. But yeah. you know what? If we're going to go far off topic, let's say this. If we're going to talk about being censored and and uh, and if we're going to go down the racial alley, uh, let, let's talk about uh, Black Lives Matter. What, uh, like, what do you want to go into about it on the Black Lives Matter? All about it. Well, <laughs> I, look, I mean, uh, whenever we talked about talking about this, I thought about like different ways to approach it, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I'm, I'm just gonna say what I really feel about it, man. That's you know what I mean. As you I ain't should. gonna, I ain't gonna pat it or nothing. Like uh, the cause when it first come out was as pure as could be. With uh, there should not be anybody pulled out of a car, killed, or anything by a cop. You know, absolutely should never happen. And that is so easy to support, yeah. you know, that cause. Uh, but whenever you start destroying the communities that you're talking about, you know, like, uh, the, you know, all these happen in black communities. And then people that ain't even from that community come in and destroy that community. It's just hard to get behind it after that. You know, like, uh, but I, you know, I still am a firm believer that if they investigate it, and they find out the cop's wrong, he needs to be in jail. You know, it's there's no question about it. But you got but you but you run into a situation too, once Black Life Matters and Antifa and all them people got into it, there would be a knee jerk, a black guy died, we're gonna tear down the community. You know, 
and uh, that's before any facts come out or anything. Which, even after the facts come out, there shouldn't be a community destroyed. There should be a cop in jail. Mm-hmm. You know, if if the cop is in the wrong. And uh, I just feel like that it's uh, a movement that was hijacked as well and used for political gain for political some gain. people mm-hmm. and used for notoriety for others and definitely used to make money for a few others. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's a movement that has been, I, in my opinion, has been absolutely hijacked for the wrong purposes other than the, the betterment of, you know, the interactions between black people and police. Uh, I, I feel like this. I feel like, just like you said, in the beginning, the purest of intentions were there. Um, and the, the, the initial purest intentions were the wording of it, Black Lives Matter. Um, and it's like absolute. And, yeah. and yeah, Absolutely so. Mm-hmm. And, and then people were hiding behind the statistics. Well, statistics show that, uh, you know, the, the violence against black people was so lopsided. And all that, I, I can still stand behind that. But in the same sense, if you find out after the investigation, now I'm not saying that you should tear down shit and tear stuff up. After the investigation, if you find out that this black guy, kid, dude, woman, whatever, was killed because you tried to take the cop's gun, well, then shit, let's just say, you know what? My bad. I was wrong. We as a people, all of us, no matter what the race, we have a problem admitting when we were wrong. Well, see, whenever, and two, whenever a guy, when a cop's in a situation and all of a sudden somebody's reaching for his gun, that becomes it, me instantly. or him. Instantly. Who's going home? Mm-hmm. Instantly. Know? And how can you fault that decision? It's one thing, and, and I'm saying this from a law enforcement point of view, it's one thing if the guy's trying to run from you and he's trying to get away. It's all together another thing when the guy's standing there and he's trying to beat your ass that's something separate yeah but as soon as this cat reaches for your lethal means now granted i didn't say the cop reached for his first when the guy when, when the criminal reaches for your lethal point your gun instantly i feel like he he it we just took it to a whole nother level but don't don't let me get too far off of off of the movement what i'm trying to get at is this these people took uh, something that was done in the 50s and 60s at the time when we we're at the height of the civil rights movement at the time when um, they were turning fire hoses and dogs on black people and and they just figured okay we're going to pick up from there and let's go tear up some shit and even the people who were doing the rioting and the looting they didn't even have the purest of intentions they no. were out there trying to get some new free shit mm-hmm. it wasn't uh, a civil unrest for a reason like john lewis said it wasn't trouble for a good cause no some of these people were out here making trouble because they wanted to make trouble but now you have you wonder why uh people aren't taking your movement seriously is because like you said you let other people come in commercialize what was intended for the most purest of intentions which was uh equal and highest rights for the for people all the way across the board, no matter what the color was. Which I'm now, completely behind in any circumstance. And now yeah. it's commercialized. Mm-hmm. Now you're out here making t-shirts. Now you're out here making hats. Now somebody's uh, on CNN not trying to speak about the movement, but they're speaking about, oh, we should have this, we should do this, we should be respected, we should be... 
why are why do we need to have other people coming into our community tearing up shit and why is it okay yeah and then like uh they tear up these businesses some black owned businesses mm-hmm. yeah and and then the ones that ain't like the corporate businesses they ain't coming back man no. No, you know, and then and then mm-hmm. not only did you destroy this community right now, you destroyed this community's future, as far as employment. Why and the fuck would you tear down a Wendy's when <laughs> Wendy's had nothing to do? <laughs> fuck our chicken nuggets, they're shit today. Let's burn it down. <laughs> Wendy's was doing nothing but serving baconators while all this was going on in the back in the alley. You gonna come back and burn down the Wendy's? Come on, dog. And like you said. Now, now, what's wrong with our community? Nobody wants to come in and develop businesses. Nobody wants to do that. No wonder. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. I'm not black. Are you but, sure? Are you yeah, sure? Yeah. But <laughs> as far as like being racially profiled like the black people have for so many years by cops, I get why they get frustrated. Because every fucking time I've been pulled over, the earrings, the tattoos... I get pulled out of my car every fucking time. Might not have nothing on me. Might not have been drinking, but they're going to search me. And hey. I've had in some situations where I thought I was going to go to jail because they were looking for something that didn't exist. Well, me and my brothers are, well, we're all big. We're all big dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever we get pulled out, they cuff us. Instantly. Yeah, as soon as, like, if they want to search a car or anything... <laughs> Yeah. We like as soon as they pull like like even if we're by ourselves, like Christopher or yeah any of us, as soon as they pull us out of the car, they cuff us. <laughs> I remember I got in a car accident down Sophie <laughs> one time. I I backed out and the car hit me. No big deal. It was a fender bender, whatever. Sophie and cops come down there, put me in handcuffs, put me in back seat. They're searching my vehicle. I just picked up my buddy from school. Biggest smart ass you'd ever meet in your life. No, like, I've been there. He's oh like, God. so uh, what's in the books? He's like, well, no one since I just left school, I would assume books, motherfucker. Knowledge. Handcuffs back in the cop car with me. <laughs> I said, God damn, I guess we're going to jail. And here comes my dad running his mouth to the cop, wanting to know his name because my dad was friends with the mayor at the time. He's like, I'm going to have your job tomorrow. Sure enough, the dude didn't work there in the next day. But still, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, it's just like every fucking time. I got a fender bender. There was no, is your neck hurt? Are you okay? No. Put that fucker in handcuffs and put him in the back seat. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing a lot of people don't want to hear, too, that is a fact. Is if you hang out at a known drug dealer's house, if you're around people that are known drug dealers. Because I had family that were. Yeah. And I had a very noticeable black and yellow 93 Dodge Dakota, right? I mean, there was no mistake in this truck. My grandpa painted it. And any time that truck was out after 1130, the blue lights were behind it. Yeah. And it was whether I was speeding or not, but they knew where that truck went. And I wasn't involved in the stuff that was going on. I just happened to have family that was, so you can draw attention being black or white by your circle. They knew my truck. They knew it was always at a house that dealt in pills and it got it got plugged a lot, man. Especially Route 3. 
pull me over all the time, man. Let, let me tell you, I, I got pulled over twice going up and down Route 3. And the first time I got pulled over, I understood why. I was speeding. I, I really was. The The cop was an asshole to me. But there was another cop with him that, that was kind of giving them the eye like, yeah, he's speeding, but do we really need to do all of that? Yeah, like slow up, man. What the hell? Lo, lo, and, lo and behold, surely they didn't even write me a ticket. The cop was that over the top. They didn't write me a ticket. He was like, look, get on out of here. The next time I got pulled over, same cop. I wasn't speeding. He was a little bit nicer. I guess this time he figured he was trying to make whatever he was looking for stick, even though there was nothing to it. Every After that, on that particular road, Stover straight stretch. I was doing like one ten, but <laughs> but I didn't never had any problems. I have a I have a kid now. I have a son, and my son often drives my vehicles. Now, if my son is in one of my vehicles, there is no doubt in anybody's mind with any common sense they aren't his. He didn't pay for it. He don't make that kind of money. Right. I'm trying to explain to him how how this happens. How racial profiling happens, how uh, you being pulled out of a car, how you being handcuffed, how this and how that can one step leads to one step leads to one step leads to one step. In a way, I kind of respect his being so naive to certain things. And in a way, I don't uh, because I want him to understand you asking the wrong questions can get you in a whole lot of shit. But in the same sense, I want him to understand that he does have human rights. Yeah. And he doesn't have to just, but how do you tell a kid or how do you tell even me? I mean, like right now, when you tell me a grown 40, 43 year old man that you don't have to do something a cop tells you to do. I wish I would. A cop tells me, get out of the car. And I'm like, no, motherfucker, what? Yeah. Well, see, I've talked to mine yours mm-hmm. and the other two that you know yeah, the, the big, with ours the big four yeah you know all of them in the living room and i tell them i said look guys you get pulled over i said you uh do the best you can the yes sir no sir get out of the situation and if the cop is wrong you have to take it up at another time yeah we'll handle you know, it. get out of that situation mm-hmm. exactly you know get out of the situation with him and if the cop was wrong, we're going to take it up. All right, you go ahead. I remember one time I got pulled over. I've been pulled over a few times in Sophie. So I get pulled over late at night in Sophie. Dude pulls me out, starts questioning me. I'm going to search your vehicle. I'm like, that's fine. So he's like, well, is there anything I want to find? I'm like, no. So he searches my vehicle. Dude can't find nothing. He's been digging in that motherfucker for 45 minutes, couldn't find nothing. He finally finds, at the time, I had a trench coat in the back seat. And he comes over to me and says, I found your trench coat. And I knew exactly when he said that what, trench he, coat mafia, what he fucking meant. That's what I was going to say. And, and you I look, look like one of them yeah, motherfuckers. And, and, yeah, yeah, and I knew exactly what he meant. And I just looked at him and I said, yo, man, I said I graduated last year. I said I ain't going to be shooting up no schools anytime soon. Cool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, see, right now. That goes back to That shit was funny. Yeah. Some people will not find that shit funny at all. Dude looked at me and got pissed and let us go. But like, 
he had it out for me, man. I remember I was cutting through Sophia. After, like, you get past Crab Orchard at a certain point, they can't come after you. At least back then, they couldn't. Mm-hmm. And he was sitting, I seen him one day, he was sitting over there with a, a state trooper. State trooper followed me. I guess he had sent him after me. Yeah. So we get up to about Harper Road. I took the interstate. He followed me on the interstate. We got to Harper Road. Pulled me over at the Shell gas station. As soon as he pulled me over, he said, I'm going to search your vehicle. You were, uh, you, you're, uh, you didn't turn your signal on, which I knew I had turned my signal on. I knew I did. And I said, okay. I just let him do it because they weren't going to find nothing. Yeah. So he searched my shit and he says, you know why I pulled you over? I said, probably because that prick told you to down in Sophia. I said, he just pulled me over a few days ago. He goes, well, uh, yeah. Pretty much, he, he, I mean, he didn't want—he didn't want to say nothing. He knew he was right. He's like, and he apologized to me. This, I mean, so you can't blame every cop because every cop. the guy that pulled me over in Sofia was a straight-up dickhead, and this guy's like, "I'm sorry, I even pulled you over." He's like, "I'll deal with it." Yeah, and I was left alone ever since then. After that. Anytime I went down there, I never got messed with or anything like that. Oh, man, it's just a stone-cold fact. You're going to deal with them of all personality types. Yeah. yeah. There's just so many of them doing it. It's, uh, I mean, any job I've been on, I've worked with people that I love mm-hmm. and couldn't wait to go in to, you know, to cut up with them and stuff like yeah. that to people that I hated the thought of dealing with. Yeah. And you're going to have yeah. cops like that, too. Hell, yeah. I hey. was I was 15. I got pulled over in Uptown Beckman. When I was 15, my dad had a two-seater Eldorado with the North Star in it. Almost like. Right. And uh, I got pulled over, and I was scared. Because, you know, back then, when some when you got pulled over, two or three cops showed up oh, yeah. with the other cop. Yeah. I'm scared out of my mind. So the guy's like, if you have anything in the car, uh, will you give me permission to search the car? I was like, well, it's not my car. Let me call my dad. I called dad. Dad's like, put me on the phone with the cop. Cops pretty much a dick. I'm standing. I'm sitting there listening. You know, we're going to search. I tell you what, either we're going to search the car now, or you can pick it up from the impound lot along with your son. And all right. So my dad was like, "Look, I'm coming up there, and then I'll give you consent to search the car." Now, at the time, like you said, my dad knew some cops. My dad showed up at 11:30 at night with Billy Cole, which we all know at the time was the police chief. Mm-hmm. Man, you talking about shit changing suddenly. I mean, when, when my dad got there, I was sitting on the curb in Uptown Beckley, which uh, at the time was in front of a Klaus office supply, right right there on the main drag. I'm sitting there at age 15 in fucking handcuffs. And man, when my dad showed up and that dude got out of the car, you talk about people running, scuffling, trying to get him out of them cuffs. Like, oh shit. Get him out of the cuffs. Get him out of the cuffs. <laughs> now, now, now. But, I mean, with all that being said, the Black Lives Matter started out with the purest of intentions. Uh, With all that said, let me throw all this out here. Do you think that the Trump administration fueled the Black Lives Matter movement for, I'm not going to say for their political gain, but as a political cover? That's what I think. I think while the Black Lives Matter was going on, and we all know President Trump was saying some crazy shit, and it was causing an uproar, but all that uproar was going on, 
there was some legislation being passed back here on the back end that was helping some people make a lot of fucking money. And he nobody's def- paying attention. He definitely threw a shit ton of gasoline on a fire that was already burned. That's what I think. It happened. seems to me like both sides were pushing it, to be yeah. honest with you, man. Yeah. Like, uh, like, like you said, they there was somebody making it. money. I think that's where the money making was coming in. Yeah, and then you got these Antifa fucks that decided to tie their name to this shit. Yeah. And the only thing I can figure out about that is them Antifa people are people that grew up without dads. I'm not talking, and if you think I'm talking about black and white, then you're a racist motherfucker. Yeah. I'm talking about a group of people that didn't have anybody in their life when they were young, that if they were standing nose to nose screaming in somebody's face, they wouldn't jerk the life out of them. That, that is exactly what it is. Because oh I gosh. had three or four people in my life yeah. that if I was being ignorant, they would change the whole way I thought in just a couple seconds. Yeah. yeah. You know. I've got one of those people in my life right now. I'm a grown-ass man. And if I'm out of pocket and doing something crazy, he has a way of grabbing me by the hand and and, and let, let me realize, come back to Jesus. No. Right. No, bro. I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, th- those guys... I've seen them in action. Whether you're right, whether you believe, whether they believe or not, there's a way and a wrong way to act. Dude, some of these dudes need the shit knocked out of them. And I'm not just talking about the Antifa people. If I'm working, if I'm working law enforcement and I'm on riot patrol and you standing in front of me talking shit, I'm fired that night, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I might as well turn it in. Because just if if you're getting out of pocket with me, I'm going to blast that ass. Right. right, wrong, or indifferent. There is a way to treat people. And I think I think the world has forgotten that. There is a way to treat people. Doesn't well, matter what religion you are. Doesn't matter what walk of life you are. You get out of pocket, you get that ass busted. Let's say they get tricked into thinking that, uh, that they're so morally right in their own mind mm-hmm. that nobody would ever think about the going against them on it so they feel like they can stand up in this dude's face and scream and you don't know who you're screaming at yeah and, and i guess there is another aspect of somebody that would stand and scream in your face either they've never had nobody in their life that would really correct them or they really really confident in their skills to beat somebody's ass <laughs> you know well i mean i I've never had that situation except maybe one time with my dad. And I was, you know, uh, well, I'm a badass, yada, yada, yada. So Mm -hmm. it was like right after my mom passed away and stuff and tensions were high. We got in a big argument or whatever. And I just wanted, I had so much rage build up in me after mom died. I was like, I'm going to hit this motherfucker. And dad looked at me and he's like, go on, hit me. Come on and hit me. And I wouldn't do it. I just... Something about me, I said, I wouldn't do it. Something, I, something in your good common sense said, that's a well, good choice. Now let me finish the story. So, next he shoved me. He's like, come on. So, I'm telling you, man, I knocked the hell out of him. Knocked the hell out of him. And he just looked at me and smiled. It's like, you're dead, fucker. Boom, on the ground. <laughs> and, but he never would hit me. He's just, you know, you know, he just held me down. He's like, oh, what's wrong? He just smacked me in the face, you know, or whatever. Because I was acting like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Because I was acting like a fucking idiot. And, yeah. you know, I regret 
I or bring it up, but I I regret that situation so bad that I I never. But I but, but you know he agrees with me. Tensions were high between the shit that hey we man, had to deal with. Hey man, that's family business. Yeah, it, is. it happens. It man. is. And you know, can, 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 can we take a turn for a minute? Because I think yeah. we need to talk about that. I mean, there's one thing when you got kids, and and your, your kids are going through something, just like your dad recognizes, all right, he's going through something. He needs to be taught a lesson. Yeah. But I don't need to necessarily hurt this kid. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly I what mean, my dad did. I mean, I, I had a dad that, that, was a, that was a boxer in the Navy, and he had me out in the yard, and I'd won a couple fights. I thought my hands were pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, I was... I was 14. He was like, I'm going to whoop your ass. I was like, I ain't taking no more ass whoopers. Oh, really? Took me out in the yard. You know, he's messing with me, hitting me in the shoulders pretty. I threw a jab out there just about two seconds too long. This dude caught me once in the ribs (laughs) and once straight up on an uppercut. Busted my lip and my nose. For those of you who don't know me, my lips are pretty fucking big. He split my lip and my nose in one shot. All I saw was a flash in the sky. But in hindsight, he came over to me and was like, all right, you're done. Get up. Come on. Come on. Let's put some ice on it. It was just enough to let me know man strength and boy strength are two different things. i tell you who taught me like to realize that, all right, I'm not there. Wasn't dad. But it was my papa. Like, uh, you know, because dad was always sick. And I never tried dad or anything. But I'd rub my mouth to my papa quite a bit. The first time he grabbed me when I was running my mouth <laughs> was it changed my life, man. <laughs> he didn't hit me or nothing. He just grabbed me by the shoulders and you could just tell, oh, you yeah. know, give me a shake. And I, I could tell that whatever he wanted to do was going to happen. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> there wasn't nothing I could do. But Re- you know, reality is real. Yeah. But growing up, you know, after mom passed away and stuff, you know, me and dad just didn't see eye to eye on stuff for years, man. We just see eye and eye. And he was trying to teach me stuff that I was like, shut the hell up. I don't want to hear it. Leave me the hell alone. And now I'm almost, I'm almost 40 and I'm like, damn. I said, you should have shut the fuck up and listened, because he was 100% right, period. Yeah. I, I've got a buddy that uh, did the opposite with his son. Flexed on him, I mean, just squeezing him, just fucking deboing this kid. And I, I don't, I'm not going to tell you that he went the wrong way or nothing like that, because, but the kid eventually was like, you know, and I'm out of this motherfucker. He left. And he left at the point that an 18-year-old kid needs his dad the most. And at all the lessons that he intended to teach this kid, he never got a chance to actually teach it to him because he went about the wrong way. I mean, fucking mashing the kid's face in the carpet and just fucking humiliating them and all kinds of shit. What in the, yeah, what, that's what in the bullshit, way to take? Man. Yeah. That's bullshit. Like, yeah. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. You can cross the, right the line into abuse. Yeah. Even if you're trying to teach a lesson. Intentions you are know. pure. Yeah. Wrong way to do it, bro. Yeah. But uh, I think the moral of the story is is that uh, dads matter. Uh, if you have kids, do everything you can to be in their life. No matter what color the dads are. Yeah, that's matter. right. That's right. <laughs> All and, dads matter. And if, uh, if you're a girl, if you're a woman that has a baby daddy, 
don't be such a cunt that this man can't be in their life if he's trying. Like, it goes both ways. It ain't always that this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. It's sometimes it's that this girl is so fucking hard to deal with, you give up. Yeah. So don't be a deadbeat dad, and don't be a cunt baby mama. That's or, or that he's trying, <laughs> he, he's trying to teach this kid a lesson. And just because you don't see the way he's trying to teach it, does not mean you should stop him from, I mean, now don't get me wrong. Don't let him abuse your son. Yeah, yeah. But every now and then, some tough love has got to happen. And if the man wants to be in his life, let that happen. Let it happen. Let it happen. You guys want to uh, do a shot of this West Virginia spring water that we got on the podcast uh, here? No. Dude. No, 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 You no. out, Mike? I'm out. All right. You, you want to do a shot? Look, I ain't no hoe. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying Mike a hoe. But he got whole tendencies right oh, now. God, ain't no <laughs> Come on, light. man, get it, get in it, pimp. You, you ain't got nothing to look. Well, nah. Hey, I'll even give you the titty glass. I don't want the titty glass. I'll have Chase take you home too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do a little bit of it, just cause, like I said, I ain't no hoe. But this shit is real. Getting the chase ready. Oh. oh. All right. On air right now. Green Bay won. Cowboys won. What else you got to lose, baby? Tron Bryant. Woo! Oh my God. (laughs) That is not. It is not as smooth as the Buffalo Trace. No. It is not. No. It's not your mama's whiskey. But I'm going to put the lid on this because that wasn't our first shot. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Second, nor third. And we've already been in trouble once on air. God, my man. Let's not revisit that shit. I know it's soft topic, but we were talking about like being judged by the cops and everything else. I got another funny story for you. So, back when AccuLane's bowling alley was open. Oh! <laughs> so, Damn, how know, old are you, man? How old are you? <laughs> man, I'm almost 40. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So, uh, back in the day, man, we that's that was our hangout spot. We'd go up there, get drunk, get high, whatever, hang out. That was our chill spot. So one night, there for a while, like, I guess I don't know who was running at the time, was getting pissed off because, like, teenage kids were up there underage drinking, causing <laughs> shit. So they called the cops up there. They would have thought if you give 18-year-olds liquor, shit would get bad. Well, man, a lot of us <laughs> kept our cool, and that's how we got by with it. Like, it me and my, takes one. Me and my close friends got by with it, but it was the other ones that, like, oh, give him a shot, and the motherfucker ended up in the creek out back. So, <laughs> so here comes like Sophia cops up here, three of them, two of them in a uniform and one motherfucker wearing a bulletproof vest and like he like Miami Vice with a shield necklace on. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. You ain't impressing nobody, <laughs> you know? So he's like, uh, everybody that was outside hanging out, listening to music, I want you guys up against the wall. So they put us up against the wall and the same guy that was in my car that was a smart-ass to the cop earlier in this podcast is sitting right beside me. So we're getting patted down, looking at us. Next thing you know, we're on there. We're on there, and he pats him down. He's like, buddy, he's like, you uh, feeling a little bit tipsy? He's like, no, sir. And he's like, I bet you can't even walk a straight line. 
And the smart ass just flared up and he's like, no, but I sure as fucking snort one. <laughs> I was like, God <laughs> damn. <laughs> In the cop car he goes and back home he goes. Yep. And I said, fuck. Right. Just, I just thought that was funny. It is. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is. That is hilarious. Yes. But uh, I'm going to get into, uh, we've got a, next Sunday when we do our upload, we got a guest coming on he runs a youtube channel called for horror's sake mm-hmm. and his name is uh charles gray so hopefully next sunday we can work it out to have him on the show yeah yeah, yeah. i'm gonna tell you right now i'm afraid of this motherfucker just because it says for horror's sake <laughs> that that's what we need to do we need to talk to him and make like a horror movie episode pick oh, his brain ah shit, son. Oh, shit son. i want to pick his brain it is halloween yeah, but uh, I actually think I, you know, talked around with him a little bit to see what he wanted in on, and he told me that he kind of wanted in on like the, uh, like going a little bit of the Hollywood discussion, like we were talking well, that's a, good a couple fine. weeks ago. And I told him, yeah, it's fine. That's we gonna get some of that horror out of him, though. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, and uh, you know, look us up on Facebook, Instagram. Try not to get sued. You motherfuckers, quit being stingy. Hit the fucking like button. Yeah, I got uh, more likes on my West Virginia spring water Shut up. post <laughs> than I did my podcast post. <laughs> A lot of alcoholics in West Virginia. Yeah, there buddy. Is. There well, is. you know what? I'm going to say this. We've had the buffalo. The spring water ain't bad, but if you know something that can challenge the taste of the spring water, throw us a like. Throw us a sample. I think this had a little bit of kerosene in it. Just a touch. I can uh, fucking smell it. That's the reason I ain't taking a shot of it. America. I think you could run your vehicle off of it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So it wasn't as smooth as the Buffalo Trace, but uh, there's very little gone out of that jar, and I feel good. Woo-wee. All right, you guys ready to end her there? Call it, call it a night.